0: hello anybody miss me oh well i miss you guys i miss you guys so much um it's been more than a minute right i have been under the weather and um, i'm grateful to be back on my feet and yes i'm back i'm here and i'm trying to get my mojo back well, this very episode is long overdue, it's like a sequel to episode 3, yeah, because I promised I was gonna bring a medical person here to talk to us about postpartum depression. And luckily I have an amazing doctor here with me, Dr. Tolu Ademujimi, and um, we had a nice chat and I'm super super excited to be sharing with you guys. So in case you have any questions or whatsoever, you can always drop a comment. Okay, so we'll reach out to him and um he'll reply to all of your questions. Thank you, enjoy. Hello Dr. Tulu
1: Yes. Hello. Good morning. How are you today? Good
0: morning. I'm very well, thank you. Are you too.
1: Very good. Thank you.
0: Okay. It's so good to have you on the show. Um, before we start, can you please introduce yourself?
1: Oh, okay. So thank you for having me. Um, my name is Ade Tolu Ade I'm a medical doctor, a profession. Um, I've got some experience from The private clinical practice through public sphere of healthcare with emphasis on public, I mean, yeah, primary healthcare and also health insurance. Okay, yes. okay, that's
0: awesome. So, so good to have you on here. Thank you so much for making our time for this.
1: It's my pleasure. <laughs>
0: Okay, let's just dig right in. Um, today we're talking about postpartum depression. Yeah, and um, we'll be focusing on new moms and surprisingly new dads. <laughs> I just found out that so far we start up depression. Yeah. And I can't wait to hear you talk about this. <laughs> so um, what really is postpartum depression?
1: Well, so Toei, so, thank you very much. Um, so first of all, it's good to understand what depression itself is before we add the postpartum um, adjective to it. So um, clinically speaking now, depression is, is a form of mental health disorder and um, is characterized usually by, you know, continuous loss of interest in activities. And usually when, you know, um, such persons lose interest so much in these activities, it's severe enough to actually impair their daily life. And that's why it's clinically significant, not just to say depression like another English term, but to actually characterize it properly as a form of mental health disorder. So having understood that depression is um, a mental health disorder, then to now say postpartum depression means that, partum means pregnant, I mean delivery, and then postpartum simply means after delivery, that's after childbirth. So yes, postpartum depression is that clinical form of depression that occurs in mothers, usually after childbirth. And um, there are different causes, but just to put it in perspective that the, there's an interplay of hormones. Of course, you understand that when a woman, I mean, starts from um, puberty, um, you know, there's a hormone called estrogen and certain others, but estrogen in particular, that shape how the woman menstruates, have breast, birth, birth, etc. etc. Now, during pregnancy, there's an exchange of that hormone. So there's a hormone we call HCG, human chorionic gonadotropin. That's the hormone that people test for when you say you are pregnant and go and do a test, whether it's urine or not. So HCG is the hormone of pregnancy. And now, when the woman has put to bed, there's an attempt by the body to withdraw that HCG and restore the initial hormone of estrogen and what have you. So that hormonal exchange and interplay after childbirth is partly responsible for this postpartum depression. And of course, in addition to that hormonal interplay, you have um, issues such as you know stress that the mother is now introduced to, um, anxiety because of you know need to care for a newborn, and even sometimes you know, social pressure, you know, so maybe her mother-in-law is around her, etc. So in summary, postpartum depression is that clinical form of depression that a mother who has just put to bed has or has to go through with because there's a mix of interplay between her hormones that are trying to reset, social issues that she's trying to cope with, and other physical mm-hmm. issues such as stress due to, you know, trying to take care of the newborn baby. So that's the benefit. Wow. Okay. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. um What are the signs of um,
0: postpartum depression? Okay. So again, before. I say the,
1: do you know? Yes. So before I say the signs, so it might be also important to stress that, like you had mentioned earlier, these days a lot of men are also coming out with postpartum depression. Now it's interesting because they're not the ones who actually carry the pregnancy in the first place. Yeah, that's <laughs> <incredible>. <laughs>
0: really, incredible.
1: And so you're wondering why does he also have to share it? So well. Maybe you say it's love. I mean, you need to share what your spouse is feeling. That's on the lighter note, of course. I think it's also because they are also part of, you know, um, particularly the physical and the social um, effects. You know, they also bear that blood as well, which the mother also bears now. So the signs, like you asked, of postpartum depression. So, first of all, a woman has put to bed, usually about 48 hours after, then she may feel some of these signs and then sometimes you could laugh as much as one or two two weeks. And the signs include things as simple as she becomes moody. So again, moodiness is also explained by the three things I've mentioned. Of course, remember that even sometimes when an average woman is menstruating, or even sometimes when...
0: As
1: you we're saying, we okay. were talking about how. Um, okay, you want us just take the science, How science the father else?
0: gets affected?
1: Like I said, fathers are surprisingly getting affected as well, because, um like I said, on a, on a on a very light note, that perhaps it's also a demonstration of love, because you should actually feel what your spouse feels. But more importantly, it's uh, because they as men are also exposed to the same factors that, to some of the factors rather, I beg your pardon, that can also trigger, you know, uh, this depression, which includes, um, you know, the social issues. I mean, they're also exposed to it, you know, around the house after um, the child, I mean, the of the child, uh, you know, they're also exposed to issues of stress around the house. Uh, and then of course, there's some neglect perhaps because um, there's some spousal withdrawal you know the, the, they feel their wives have um, you know sort of deprived them of things like one attention so he no longer gets to have his wife ask him your, your tie looks good or it doesn't look good on you why are you putting on this shirt you know that's one i mean another form of neglect is because she probably doesn't even have time to pay attention to have you had breakfast or what are you eating this morning you want me to make omelette for you blah 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 so he feels he's neglected in those instances. I mean, another one is he also feels there's, you know, uh, complete neglect of companionship. So he can't gist with his wife anymore because she's either snoring or trying to breastfeed the baby or trying to sort out diapers or she's trying to get clipped because she didn't sleep at night. So, you know, he has those forms of deprivation. This, I mean,
0: sex. Is it safe to so say he, men are babies as well?
1: <laughs> of so, course. So truly, they are. Because um, they also expect all of this um, uh, affection, you know, and attention from their from their wives. And truly, that's why wives are not just wives. They are actually also babies. So he just feels that he's deprived of attention. He's deprived of food. He's deprived of companionship. And he's also deprived of sex. Because he can't just say, baby, let's, let's make love. Because she says, I'm tired. I'm trying to breastfeed, blah, blah, blah. You know. And then, of course, the man also... Um, he's struggling to get sleep, you know, maybe the baby is crying, his wife is up at night and, uh, you know, as an expression of solidarity, he wants to join her or truly the baby is actually screaming down the room and so he can't sleep and he needs to go to work the next day. So it's also another kind of stress, you know, so, you know, when, when, when you don't get sleep, we call that insomnia, that's the medical term, you know. And of course, there's also the economic pressure. So now he's not just trying to say okay i'm trying to put food on the table for myself and my wife or buy clothes and perfume for my wife now you have a baby so you need to also provide you know for you know all the um, from food to diaper to every other you know um item that the baby needs so there's an extra um you know uh, demand for his finances and so all of this put together can actually make the man depressed surprisingly wow okay yeah. <laughs>
0: Okay, I totally understand the economic aspect of it, but the other part, I mean, okay. you don't expect me to be asking you out as your time when the baby cried, when I couldn't get enough <laughs> sleep at night, when the baby cried all through the night, find this together, so,
1: so, So that's the point. You know, you probably have spoiled and pampered him with all of those things. And so he's struggling to accept that there's a new baby that is taking this away from me. Okay, so <laughs> that's the issue. Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay, Okay. Um, so um, I figured something out here, especially in this part of the world, like in our society. People tend to okay. shy away from recognizing and admitting to being depressed. What do you think this is about and how do you think Thank we you, can ma- fix that?
1: So, very good question. You know, the reason is that, first of all, majorly, so there are a lot of factors that are responsible for people shying away from accepting that depressed. You know, there's a stigma that comes with mental disorders. And that stigma is particularly very profound and pronounced in our own environment as black people. There are a lot of taboos and a lot of myths that are associated with uh, stigma, you know, that actually stems from our cultural, um, you know, uh, mindset in terms of how we see mental disorders. So someone feels, I'm depressed, or probably doesn't even know it's called depression, because again, I was trying to say the signs of depression earlier, so maybe I just run through the signs again. So you know, first of all, um, a few days after birth, the woman can just start feeling moody, moodiness, and I was trying to explain that hormones responsible for that. Mm-hmm. Of course, the social, you know, issues as well, physical pressure and stress can also be responsible for that. Number two, she just gets cranky. You know, she gets very cranky and treatable. and I mean, it's understandable. You are struggling to get your baby to. You know, to be quiet, to get some sleep, and then baby wakes up suddenly and requires attention. So you get cranky. You know, number three, you can just go sad. You know, so sometimes it's not explainable. You just find out that, okay, I have a new bundle of joy. I rather being upbeat about that. I just had this moment when I'm just sad. And it can just be because, like I said, your hormones, are, you know, have an effect on your mental state or you just feel overwhelmed by the fact that I have a lot of work to do, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of changing diapers like six, seven times in a day, I'm starting to get food for myself, my husband is also asking for some attention, so you just go start. You know, the first sign also can be you just don't get clipped. And you know how it feels well, he, for a human being not to sleep for, for days, not work of weeks. So, you know, insomnia, you just don't sleep and then you just find out what happens. Yeah, truly, the baby is here, I can't get sleep. And I'm telling you, sometimes if it becomes chronic, It may be a sign that you're actually getting wow. depressed. Of course, another, another sign is usually what we call anorexia. So anorexia is loss of appetite, especially for food. You may just lose appetite and you just find out that you're not struggling to get food. And so here you are, you fed your baby, your baby is asleep, and you have that moment of, you know, like uhuru, like, yes, I can have my peace now. But the list that would just come to your mind at that time may just be food. And you may even see the food and you just don't feel like eating it. Now, if that happens continuously, that might be a sign that you actually begin to tilt towards postpartum depression. Another sign could be anger. You just get angry. Of course, like I said before, you can be too persistent, because there's persistence in all of these signs for us to say yes this is likely a postpartum depression. So, persistent anger, you know, and easy irritability, so to speak, can be a sign. Another sign can be anxiety. You just get unduly anxious. You know, the fear of tomorrow, so what happens? How do I start to, you know, when does my baby start to crawl? When does my baby start to do this? You know, uh, when am I going to get off using diapers? When am I going to get off not having sleep? So you're just anxious, or you know, anxiety. goes on for long. Might be a sign of postpartum depression. Sometimes, there's also some people call despondency. So being desperate, you just feel hopeless. You, know, you just feel like, ah, man, wow. am I ever going to get out of this? And then you just feel there's no hope for tomorrow. Am I going to be doing this babysitting thing for long? When am I going to resume back to my career? You're know, you you struggling. So you just feel there's no hope for tomorrow You know, usually. So if you have that consistent feeling, usually first two weeks after childbirth, that may be that you already been tilted towards depression. And then finally, but not the least sometimes too, you just lose interest in everything so your spouse comes back and he's trying to get you to smile he tells you i have a glass of juice for you because usually maybe you guys take juice after dinner you just mm-hmm. tell him i'm not interested he tells you okay that's fine let's just take a walk maybe he's sleeping now let's just take a walk around the house for 10 minutes so you get yourself together you say i'm not interested okay you're still trying to get your tummy to go back in because you feel okay now i've lost my shape that's also part of it really i should have mentioned that earlier it's part of the social pleasure i was talking about so some people have support so maybe the, her husband is already saying, come look, I mean, you should be, you should put yourself together. Tell her your tummy is still popping out. So she just feels like, oh, why would you talk about my tummy? You know? So all of these things can actually make her go depressed and she can lose interest in virtually everything. So these are the signs of depression. So like I said, back to what the society feels about it around here. That's a major reason why a lot of people don't want to come out. Secondly, so a doctor tells you you are depressed, that's best, They are, They are scared that that will likely kill them to take in drugs. And so you know that feeling of, that fear of medications. People just feel so. It's better I keep it to myself, and so that I don't have to take drugs. Another reason why people don't also want to come out is they feel that they they are in laws in particular will just become unduly unfriendly because. So she she feels my mother in law can say to me when I put to bed I'm put to bed you know when, when I actually get back to your husband. I mean I I I. Why I, do
0: they do that? What is why do they do? And that? you that's, just
1: get unduly. That's
0: like the order of the day in an average home. But why did they do that?
1: Exactly. It's the African setting, really. And you know, again, there are a lot of cultural bias. You know, people just feel that because they experienced some of these things way back, that it's only natural for I mean, women of these days also to feel those things. That If you don't feel them, they have that feeling that you are not baptized into womanhood proper. So for them, why should... I mean, it's just normal for you to feel a bit depressed, but you need to get yourself back together. So why should you take your own to the extent that we're taking you to the hospital to go and give you drugs to say that you are depressed and all that so you fear that their mother-in-laws would also overreact knowing that they have been pronounced depressed and then sometimes also another reason is so i mean some people will tell you if i don't manage that moment very well if i own up to being depressed i I could also suffer some form of um um, spousal i mean deprivation so in terms of they feel that if they are not careful and they, 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 they are pronounced depressed, their husbands should actually just go out and look for a fling. And so that that way they are indirectly pushing out their husbands by accepting that they are depressed. Okay? So, of course, and you know, this depends on the husband as well. Some are very supportive and truly is, is probably going to stay with you. But some are just not supportive. And so they feel if I own up or a doctor pronounces me as depressed, then that's like a leeway for him to just go look for Whoever will make him happy outside of the home. So those are some of the reasons why people shy away from accepting that wow. they are actually depressed. Wow, most this, is, this
0: is scary. It's really scary, I must say.
1: Oh yes, yeah, it is. It's, it's just,
0: really it's really
1: scary. <laughs> As
0: a matter of fact, women are, women are just super. Yeah. I, I just yeah. have to say that. I give it to I give it to us. <laughs> Very and
1: honestly, I give it to you. Very tender agents, you know, because, I mean, like I said, even a woman who's not pregnant can just be moody because our hormones at that time can explain why women, you know, suffer a lot of mental issues and depression.
0: Okay, so um, another question. Um, How do you think the society and family members can help out someone suffering from depression?
1: Very good question. Because, again, as doctors, you know, uh, uh, the emphasis is not just on recognizing signs and getting people to come forward, it's also about providing mm-hmm. solutions and so you see one thing about, because again this is like a public health issue and then um, and that's why leadership in public health space is important because you are actually trying to solve what, um, uh, uh, so there's a man called Kate Green. Kate Green's is a professor of public leadership over in the UK. And you know, particularly in the healthcare space, and it calls them wicked problems. There are wicked problems in, in in public health because in trying to solve them, you cannot just um, um, you know sort of deploy a single approach which is clinical. So, it, 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 because in trying to solve these wicked problems of healthcare, particularly public healthcare, which this postpartum depression in you know in men and women actually also falls, you know, you, you are going to need to. De- a lot of solutions that cut across clinical and non-clinical interventions. So, so for the society to help, that's the non-clinical part. The spouse needs to always put up that emotional support. So, first of all, the man needs to come out of his own blues, you know, and accept that, yes, it's my wife who has actually been through nine months of pregnancy and has to cope with, you know, nurturing our baby. And so, I need to support her. So, even when I ask her questions and she gets them, Unduly irritable. Just understands that she's t- going through a period that can be beyond her control. I need to, you know, still try to pamper her. I need to pay a lot of attention, even to her physical needs. You know, sometimes it's even funny. So maybe she's trying to put on her nightgown, and the way she, she normally would do it in a very smart way. This time around, maybe she just puts it on briskly, and so for that reason, a part of it is up. And now, now you don't give responses like, "Can't you see that you don't look good?" No, you should just help her pull it gently. You know that's the kind of emotional support that needs to come from your spouse. That's one. Two, family members. No, if you have your in-laws around you, uh, you know it's good for our mothers to understand that things are changing. The fact that you went through certain things doesn't mean that your in- your daughter-in-laws, daughters-in-law, rather, need to go through them. And that's why you. So we need to also, as as man, you know, educate your mother if she's coming to help with the baby at that time to say, mommy, um, you know, um. Show us that you know women can go um, into depression when they are trying to nurture a baby just shortly after birth. I know you've been through this before, but we also have different coping mechanisms. You might have coped, you it, it well with it, but please, um, I need you to just join me to give emotional support to my wife during this time, so that she also comes out of it strong, for, and it's also for my own betterment. I mean, if she comes out of it early, your son will also be smiling again. But if she doesn't come out of it early, your son will also wear, you know, a, a, a very And nasty mood. And so, if you tell that to your mother, then you can help your wife to actually get that needed support even from her mother in law. That's number two. Number three, the society needs to work on our psyche as regards mental issues. Okay, so in Africa, in Nigeria, um, especially, I mean, that I know. That stigma around. Oh, okay, you, you're, you're going to see a psychiatrist because you're depressed, and they tag you away, need in a psychiatric hospital. You know, so we, we need to stop all of these. Our, you know, um, 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 um sort of um, over labeling. You know, don't don't label people who have to see a mental health specialist as having. You know, um, I mean, I mean, It's not, it's not schizophrenia. You know, it's not, it's not um, stuff like that. So we we need to change our orientation as a society. You know, in terms of how we view all these mental issues. That's number three. Number four. You know, so when a woman puts to bed, if she was um, she was employed previously, you know, she goes um, to um, her postnatal yeah, she her postnatal leave, sort to of. So there have been people advocating that we should extend this period from three months to six months. I agree as well because again, yeah. you said we should they should breastfeed their babies for six months. So why, should, If you are supposed to breastfeed exclusively, I mean exclusively for six months, why not a mother to be at home for six months then so that she can exclusively breastfeed? So our laws and our policies around, you know, postnatal leave should also include that we should encourage mothers to, during that period, have uh, mental checkups, so so to speak. So she's not just going to the hospital for only uh, you know a postnatal check on her baby. She should also have herself checked as well. And we should make it mandatory to say, part of your check should be that you must see a mental health specialist within six months to assess, especially the first one month of birth, to assess your mental state. So if you come up with these policies as well, so I've, I've named before, you know, from the spouse to the in-laws to, um, uh, how we view uh, mental health in society, and of course, policies to include mental health checks in postnatal leaves for uh, for the mother. So these, for me, are the multi okay. mm-hmm. factors, multiple yeah. factors, you think, know, that I can be deployed to like actually plan, help combat really. this period. I hope of post- it gets enforced
0: as soon as possible because this is a very crucial issue, and I, I realize that oh, yeah. the mood of the mother can actually affect we, we, the child in we different hope so. ways. We you hope know. So okay so there is one oh, more yes. question i'll like oh, yes, you to talk can. about um, oh, yes, is it, it true can. that people really with can. anger issues are prone to depression
1: no okay. <laughs> no so you see again these are some of the myths of our society and i said it you know timeless you know i have a couple less times you see again it's got nothing to do with people who, who get angry all the time as a matter of fact like i said maybe anger is probably even one of the signs of depression okay so rather than say people get angry are prone to becoming depressed. I tell you that everybody on the road is actually at risk of depression. And that's why the suicidal rate now is quite alarming in this part of the world where we feel that normally nobody will just yeah. find it convenient to just take it or life. Because um, as against the Western world, we have a very strong family support in Africa. And so why are we now having an increase in suicidal rate in spite of our family support. So I think one of the reasons which studies have also brought out is the fact that people are going through all sorts of social and economic pressures. And so, I mean, unemployment, large family size that you've got to take care of, pressure from your extended family, people need money, your mother is asking you for money, your uncle is asking you for money. Um, you know, all sorts of pressure. Even in the urban centers, you know, the average person in Lagos has to with traffic, you know, for long hours. So you know, all of these can actually lead to mental breakdown and kill people into depression. So I would say it's not true to say people who are angry all the time or often are prone to being depressed. No, I say just anybody on the road, Anybody on the road is actually at risk of depression because of the variety wow. Wow. of social so and economic factors here, Dr. that Koulou. can kill people I truly appreciate
0: depression. you sharing all of this with us. And I hope with this, at least people will get to be more educated and more aware Thank about well. this thing called depression. Thank you so very much. Thank you so much. I truly, truly appreciate it. If anybody has any further yeah. questions, I would refer them to you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, it's been a pleasure being here. Okay. It's a pleasure being here.
0: Okay. Thank
1: you. Yes. Yeah, so I want to appreciate your platform as well. Uh, thank you oh, for thank having you. this platform in to reach out to people, and I pray it goes bigger good. and have a larger audience. Well, that's you heard from Doctor Tolu. He already told us uh-huh. all we
0: need to know. So. okay so that's it with dr tolu well i know a lot of people will be like oh we've heard this before or okay you know it's just funny to know that um, i've had two people i've had this very conversation with two people i'm talking about two learned people two well-traveled, exposed people. I've had this conversation with them and they opine that well, in Nigeria there's nothing like postpartum depression. We're just following the crowd. We're just um, trying to be like the white people. How come our mothers, I mean our grandmothers and our mothers never had this kind of experience and all of that. It's, I don't know, I really don't know what to say. Everybody's um, free to have their own opinion on certain topics but well on this very one it's quite sensitive and I just hope we all take it more seriously.